Welcome to the Athena Wellness Podcast, the show that invites you to take a seat around the community fire and listen to stories that inspire. I'm your host, Kathy Robinson, author, coach, and founder of Athena Wellness, a company that's dedicated to supporting you on your journey to live more wholeheartedly. Hello and welcome, friends. Thanks so much for joining me for the shortened Wellness Wednesday episode, a little midweek boost to help keep your warrior vibe high. Today's show is a Walking the Talk vancast, a look behind the scenes into what I'm learning and working through, along with a takeaway for you. These portable episodes are informal and casual, recorded on the go from wherever I happen to be at the time. And today... Even though the clock's moved an hour ahead and spring's arrival is just a week away, it's still chilly here in my neck of the woods. So, as I have been, I'm perched near the fireplace with my van recording equipment set up, doing a fireside chat. The whole essence of what I plan to talk about today changed by something I read while sipping coffee in bed. It's Sunday, and we had an extra hour of darkness this morning because of the clock change. So the van cast alchemized from a story with a takeaway to casting a wider net that now includes a tiger, a nun, and El Capitan. So let's begin. I just wrapped up an eight-week beta test of my online course from type A to type B, how to mindfully descend the corporate ladder and invite what's next. It was a hybrid of online learning and one-to-one coaching, and a shout-out to my students for their enthusiasm and tremendous feedback, including how to invite more of you into a community experience. More on that in the coming months. But I'd like to share a story that's included in the course that's a reminder of the deep grooves that we can operate in many times without even noticing it. And then I'll share a way to work with this so you can transcend those unconscious grooves and live with more aliveness and vitality. First, the story, which I heard from meditation teacher Tara Brock when I attended one of her seminars a number of years back. It's about a white tiger named Mohini who lived in the Washington, D.C. National Zoo. For years, the tiger lived in a typical 12-by-12-foot enclosure with iron bars and a cement floor. She spent her days pacing that cage. When her handlers finally gave her more space, they created an enclosure that spanned several acres, including vegetation, water, and hills to wander. But when the tiger was released into this expanse, She didn't spend her days roaming throughout the new space. Instead, she found a corner of the compound where she lived out her life, pacing in a 12-by-12-foot area until the grass was worn. My students found this story to be very impactful, and it even brought a sense of sadness for the times when they felt trapped in imaginary cages that they unconsciously built, comprised of old patterns, beliefs, or fears. I can relate. It reminds me a lot of my corporate life when I had multiple priorities that I juggled for years, both personal and professional responsibilities that just seemed to expand over time. 
My way of making sure not to miss a deadline or to let someone down was to create structure and elaborate to-do lists. And I relentlessly stuck to that schedule, ticking off the items and pushing through to the next one, no matter what. Just saying that today makes me feel exhausted, but that's the way I operated for decades. And just like Mohini the Tiger, when I left my corporate life, I did not change my mode of operation. Actually, I made one small change. Instead of setting the coffee pot for 3.45 a.m., I gave myself an extra hour of sleep and set it for 4.45 a.m., but I kept all the other structures in place. They served a purpose. For the first six months of post-corporate life, I had a book that needed to get published, and the structure worked well. But once the book was out, I began questioning why I was still operating with such military precision. And the answer was, because I always had done things that way. But I no longer needed to, and that sent me on a quest to course correct and create a new way of being productive. The implication was broad. I learned how to eat differently because I no longer needed to have lunch at a scheduled time or prepare food at the beginning of the week so I had grab-and-go options. I no longer needed the copious amounts of caffeine that once fueled me through my days. Exercise no longer needed to be done at 5.30 a.m. Networking could be done virtually, saving travel time. Errands and chores could be interspersed throughout the week rather than at night or on weekends. In fact, I could work any time I wanted. A blessing, and sometimes, if I'm not mindful, a curse. Today, I operate very differently, more in line with my natural rhythms. I have a firm vision of what I want to achieve, but flexible plans on how to get there. I craft my days so my energy aligns with the activity that needs to get done. For me, that means mornings are focused on working out and writing, afternoons during the work week are for client meetings and outdoor walking, late afternoon to early evening is admin time and getting myself set up for the next day so it flows effortlessly. I find this way of planning allows my life to unfold more organically, and I show up each morning energized and ready to greet the day. And that's what I wish for you, an infusion of positive energy that uplifts you and moves you throughout your days. So how do we begin to break free of the mental and emotional boundaries that can turn into cages? That's done by accepting where you are in this moment and mindfully making different choices that align with the new self that's transforming and emerging, the one that wants to explore beyond established boundaries. So it's at this point that I left my outline before I went to bed last night, thinking about boundary-breaking methods to share with you. And this is where the nun gets introduced. Last week, I watched a rare interview with Pema Chodron, who's a Buddhist nun, a spiritual teacher, and a prolific author. She was speaking about her book, Welcoming the Unwelcome, Wholehearted Living in a Brokenhearted World, which was published in 2019. When I went to order the book, I found that I already owned it. I bought it when it came out. 
And sure enough, it was sitting on my bookshelf next to several others by the same author. So I'd been reading a chapter each morning, and today the title of the chapter was Beyond the Comfort Zone. The synchronicity was not lost on me. I smiled as I read about the ways we can take refuge when we're feeling disconnected as a way of soothing ourselves. Pema notes how important it is to recognize when we're engaging in this adult version of thumb-sucking, be it by food or binge-watching entertainment or any other type of distraction. All of these soothing activities can keep us firmly in our comfort zone, our imaginary 12 by 12 cage of safety. Chodron's suggestion is to find ways to step out of comfort and into the learning zone where you're challenged yet not putting yourself in excessive risk. This middle ground of growth is important because if you step beyond it, you'll be too distressed to learn anything. And I'll give you an example. I have a picture of climber Alex Honnold free soloing El Capitan in Yosemite National Park. He climbed the granite face of El Cap, which is equal to two and a half times the height of the Empire State Building, and he did it alone without any ropes or protective equipment. And I keep that picture in rotation in my digital picture frame to remind me that anything is possible. But getting back to this idea of middle ground and excessive risk, for me, a very inexperienced climber, doing anything that doesn't involve a harness, rope, and an experienced climbing instructor would be an excessive risk. But for Alex, who studied and climbed El Cap repeatedly with ropes and pro climbers, it wasn't excessive for him. He was prepared and dialed in on the morning of his historic climb. And now to you. Where have you been pacing a 12 by 12 imaginary cage, seeking refuge in status quo? A willingness to notice where this is the case for you and a commitment to stepping beyond your current boundary is all you need to get started. And I'll leave you with a few quotes to get you on your way. The first one is by Pema Chodron. The more willing you are to step out of your comfort zone, the more comfortable you'll feel in your life. On the other hand, if you stay in the comfort zone all the time, it shrinks. The second quote is by climber Alex Honnold. My comfort zone is a little like a bubble around me, and I've pushed it in different directions and made it bigger and bigger until these objectives that seemed totally crazy eventually fall within the realm of the possible. And the last one is by author Neil Donald Walsh. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So if you're feeling uncomfortable right now, know that the change taking place in your life is a beginning, not an ending. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know there are many ways you can spend your time. Thank you for choosing to spend it with me. Until our paths cross again, be kind to yourself and show your warrior spirit some love. If you know anyone who could benefit from today's episode, please pass it on. 
And many thanks for supporting the show by subscribing and leaving a review. It means a lot, and it helps others find their way to our circle. If you'd like to access the show notes, have a question you'd like addressed on a future episode, or would like a transcript of this episode, visit www.athenawellness.com slash podcast. Until next time, be well.